welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I promise you the rest of the episode will sound much better. I'm just going to record the intro on my phone. I do not have a, I don't have time to get all my stuff out. Um, that is because, you know, babies, life's hard, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is Kevin Gallagher's second time on the show. Kevin is the man. Uh, we met a while back. Uh, actually, we did a podcast the day Carrie Fisher died, as Kevin remembered. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, so he's been on this show. I've been on Everything is Awesome, which is such a great podcast. I really recommend you check it out. If you like this show, uh, it's like this show, but better. They do live shows, and it's a little more comedy-based. Kevin is just like a writer, director, producer. The dude just, man, dude does a lot. Uh, and he's got a lot of kids. Kevin's been podcasting for over 10 years, which is fucking crazy since podcasting's been around for like maybe 11 years. Kevin, if you want to see it live, uh, Everything is Awesome Live, they're doing a show on January 28th at 1 p.m. at Tattooed Mom, uh, 530 South Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is free. Believe me, if I can get to Philly, I can't. I would totally be there. So make sure you go out there, and they'll be doing another one in March 26th. You know what? All this information is on thatentertains.com slash awesomepodcast. Follow Kevin on Facebook, Twitter, all that good shit. On Twitter, he's at thatnerdykev. He's got a picture of him and Kevin Smith. Makes me jealous. Uh, we talk a lot of... I'm not going to tell you what we talked about because you can read that. But uh, Star Wars, Kevin Smith, the usual. Uh, such a fun episode. And I just want to say thank you to anyone who uh, subscribes because I disappeared for a long time. And to come back and I just checked my stats from the previous episode with uh, The Vern. It was insane to see downloads. Uh, as many as I did. So I, I, I was really happy and I kind of always thought that if you leave... Even for a week, everyone will disappear on you. I would love to be doing the show weekly. I don't think that's going to be happening for a long while. But, you know, I'm going to try to get a couple episodes a month out if I can. i got some people, a list of people to record with and schedule. And life is good. Uh, the Felicity is off with her grandparents today, so it's a lot easier to do a podcast so you don't have a baby to watch or wait until they're napping. Anyway, follow Kevin online, all that good stuff, and uh, I won't drag on oh follow me on at let's chat podcast and all the things and uh, let's get to it the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri. Both last the flex, love both stars. Literally just yeah. stopped and didn't go on to Libsden for like seven or eight months or however long it was. Everything changed. My Libsden is different. Like all the way, every <laughs> that the the whole podcast world just flew yeah. in the last like six months. Like it feel like maybe it's just me, but it just like jumped ahead light years. Well, it's, it's funny because I was just talking to my fiance and I was like, yeah, he took he's taking. Oh, congratulations! Uh, I want to say this time, the last time we spoke, we were engaged still. So. Really? So, all right, my remember I have baby brain, yeah, so yeah. well, it's, I have life before child and after. And I don't remember anything before her birth. I um, <laughs> I told I told her I was like, yeah, he took a couple months off uh, after he had a kid, and I was like, me, I took like four years off. Uh, like that, me saying <laughs> I've been podcasting for ten years is such a sham because I did take so much time off. Well, you are one of the really nicest people. You and uh, a shout out to Craig first off, who was supposed to be here today that couldn't make it. Oh, yeah, but um, you him too. But you were someone really nice who like. Um, so I never intended to take time off. Um, I guess I had low grade depression, yeah. and that's why I stopped doing it. Um, 
for anyone out there who did not know, basically uh, the quick version is my wife had a very traumatic birth and my daughter ended up in the NICU after she was born prematurely. And then a few months later I got diagnosed with PTSD from that. And that's what led to like leaving the show. So I never actually set out to stop doing the show. I just stopped. And then just the anxiety of starting it up was just too much with everything else. And then, um, Therapy and medication, man. Wonderful stuff. Well, and I applaud you for for only taking this amount of time off that you did because, like I said, I took a couple of years. And, and I want to say I dabbled in like doing solo shows for the Zomcast um, and some other things here and there. But it was really just sitting down. My, my, my son at the time was three. So this is about two years ago, right before I started Everything is Awesome. And... Um, he uh he he like loved the idea of microphones and the mixer and stuff so like he, he got me back into it by just like sitting down and recording like five to ten minutes a night every every other night or whatever a few years ago and um and that kind of jump started doing everything is awesome again but like i took time off uh you know if he if that he was three at the time i took from like a main show i probably took about uh, two and a half years off at that point Dude, God willing, I I I, mean, I, I don't think this can, I could ever come back. Well, I will come back to like it won't be weekly. I'll yeah. be like a monthly, and I'm taking that like I don't know. I used to beat myself up over this podcast way too much over like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like no financial gain, which was never <laughs> was the goal, and it's it never should be. It's, it, it took me eight years to figure out that uh, if I just do it for me, I, I'll be way happier. Yeah, I think like yeah, I was like it was weird because I remember like it was something that like, kind of came up in like my my therapy appointments was like that would kind of help me like realize that like because like it was a weird I don't want to say it's, I get I don't I would never even say I was depressed even though I take antidepressants right now because um, I wasn't happy but what what I was explained to me is depression is not always just sadness it's like uh, not finding joy in things you found joy in mm-hmm. and like podcasting disappeared for me um the all the cw shows i watched just kind of fell off the face of the earth yeah and and it was it was kind of scary which i still those i have not really got back into which i think i will i just might need them all to end and then binge them oh that's a shame because that is it's still i so you were watching all of them i was even watching riverdale man uh see i didn't really get into riverdale not really i'll be honest i i wanted to like it and couldn't yeah i watched two episodes and i was like all right this the show i'm not this show's demographic uh no and i i have this problem of like sexy teens because it's just too close to make me feel like a pedophile <laughs> oh yeah okay like, i feel that yeah yeah like i i i've never been attracted to younger women thank god so like i'm in my 30s and like and i know the actors are in their 20s so it's like whatever but like the idea of me watching like sexualized eight people being 18 year olds just I yeah. doesn't I, I can't do it yeah it is a, it is a weird thing to see uh, and feel but um i i want to say and I, I was just looking at um, our skype chat history uh before we <laughs> hopped on and uh it look i think i guess i was a guest on your show about 14 months ago but wow but what, what, what year? What month are we talking? That's October. October is when I recorded with you. Is it was October, October twenty sixteen? Yeah, October third, twenty sixteen is what Skype says was uh, the last time we we had a call. Um, wow! Oh, this is way. That's that was in the that 
the the depths of our IVF struggle. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, I remember um, I, I want. Well, I guess maybe it might have been. Maybe it was everything is awesome. You announced it. Um, I, I forget, but I know on. Uh, it was actually 366 days ago. Uh, December 27th was when we recorded uh, the episode of Everything is Awesome that you were a guest on. That didn't air until like the first yeah. week or two of January but of 2017. And we talked for like four hours. Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, was definitely like, a two-part episode. I, I remember really um, – because we just met randomly on Twitter and like we'll do a crossover and then you like – you had like a something bad happened. Your uncle passed yeah. away. I'm, I'm yes. Sorry, sorry to remind you of sad things. That's <laughs> no, fine. That's fine. But you were so nice, and then you're like, you disappeared. I was like, oh, whatever. And you're like, dude, I'm so sorry. I went through this family thing, but I'm definitely gonna have you on. And I, I and I didn't care. I was like, oh, that's nice of you. And I just didn't expect anything to happen. And you totally pulled through. And yeah, then yeah. the friendship was born. Yep. Yeah. It totally was. Um, we chatted uh, on your show. That would have placed it like just at the like the beginning of what would end up being like the the end for my uncle. Uh, oh, that, that that December or that that October was like just increasingly getting more and more stressful. And then um, by the time the end of the month hit, we kind of like we knew by that point we had we probably knew for about a week that like at some point he was going to be gone. I'm so and sorry. Then, yeah, it's uh. It's uh, it was shitty, and and but you know what? It's obviously I've dealt with it this time of year, uh, starting usually around October. Um, I would say early October, mid October to right about like the end of the month of, of the end of the year uh, is when like I'm kind of like I fall behind in all my podcasting and stuff because uh, his his the anniversary of his death is November sixth. Then you have Thanksgiving. Then yeah. his birthday is December twentieth, and then oh. you have Christmas right after that. Dude. So, oh. yeah, it's just a Trouble. shitty, shitty end of year for me. Well, what uh, we call that um, in because I work in the behavioral health field, like, but we call that trauma anniversary when you have like the anniversary of your trauma, and it's really, it it's hard. Yeah, I work with people and, who talk about stuff like happened like fifty years ago, and it's still hard. Yeah, and I mean the nice thing is that. Um, for me, and I, I mean, I can only imagine what his, his wife, uh, you know, goes through around this time of year. Cause he had, he, his son is now six, oh. uh, but was five. He had his birthdays like the end of September. So he had like, luckily my uncle was up and like, was able to sit and like talk and like hang out and whatnot on his fifth birthday last year. But it, it went downhill. Like I said, pretty much, you know. I want to say I recorded an episode about, uh, I think it was episode 37 of Everything is Awesome, Have a Week. It was either that one or it was the one about Rogue One that I recorded last year, where initially it was going to be a really sad episode that I sat down and recorded. Um, but then he, like, there was a, like a up, an uptick uh, that, like, okay, everything's going to be fine. So, uh, and, uh, and then, and that was right around, uh, my cousin's birthday, uh, when he turned five. So yeah, it's, I can only imagine what them two go through, um, you know, around this time of year, uh, because it's, you know, it's just a really shitty situation. And, and, uh, luckily, like I said, for me, I have, you know, my family that kind of, uh, it, it forces me to not be in the way, like, I don't think about my uncle every single day anymore. So, 
I mean, I, I, I do and I don't. I, I do in the good ways, not in the yeah. like being depressed that he's gone ways. And now, um, kind of tangentially related to that, like I've always feel like one of the things people love get up caught up with fantasy is always a weird way to connect to that kind of stuff, like with the superheroes or like the Star Wars or whatever. Like, like when Luke died in the last, you you saw that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. Oh, well, whatever. I mean, at this point. It's your own fault. It's been out for a while, but like, like when Luke yeah. died in like Last Jedi, I do that thing. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Ken, that's Sean, that's Nick." Like, I think of like tw- ten. Well, all right, let me re- let me boil this down. There's an old Steve Martin quote that says, "When you're young, you joke about cancer. When you get older, um, your friends have cancer, <laughs> and it's no longer yeah. funny." And it, like, that's yeah. pretty accurate, right? Like when it's young, everything's great, and you get older, and your friends get cancer, and it's not funny. But um, yeah. but yeah, it's like it's funny, like. I will like think about like every time anything happens, like in a movie, it's just trying to, it's somehow I can think about stuff that sad stuff that's happened in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, like I, I, star Wars for me is such a, a great link to my uncle. My first experience watching um, a new hope was with my uncle. I was, I was probably like uh, seven years old or something. So like very early nineties before the, uh, the prequels came out. And um, the, I, what I remember specifically about uh, watching A New Hope for the first time is when uh, the Tuscan Raider pops out and knocks Luke back. Like that was a jump scare for me at seven years old. Um, and, and that's like, I don't remember my first viewing other than that, but I know I was with my uncle. And uh-huh. uh, Star Wars ha- has been, especially in the last year and, and, and X amount of months, uh, has been like such a, a strong uh, thing for me to like put my attention into um, so much so that like I listen to from the one shot podcast network. I listen to campaign pod, which is like a star Wars actual play podcast uh, where they play. Like, I think it's, I think they play Sh- edge of the empire. I believe it's called. Um, and it's just like a bunch of Chicago improv artists who are having fun in the star Wars universe. And it, it truly like that. I binged that cause I started, wa- I started listening to it, um, r- probably right around when my uncle was first diagnosed and that first six months, it was like easy street really because everything was going so well. But once August hit, uh, binging campaign became like a way for me to escape the realism that my uncle was dying for an hour a day because uh, it was just a, a lot of fun a lot of humor and it was star wars like so what so while i was maybe thinking about my uncle in the background like i was having positive thoughts and whatnot it's amazing how like i mean that show i sounds really cool but i mean it's also like you know it's doesn't it's not the most popular thing in the world and it can mean that much to you and that's the thing i love about podcasts and like I doubt less chat means the world to anyone, but in a weird way it could, because like there's shows that are that popular that I listen to like every fucking day. I like these connections you make. It's, it's crazy. How many, I was like, I don't know. I was talking the other day. I was thinking, I was looking back through my backlog cause I had not like, and I was like, Holy fuck. I've talked to some really cool people. And I like was outside of my body for a second. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was me. <laughs> I can, contact this person who did this or that person or like i'm still friendly with a couple of people who i interviewed who were like legends in their own right of their industry and i'm like oh weird like uh, so it's it's crazy 
Um, so yeah. I, I want to jump ahead before we get all bummer for the rest of the hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's turn it around yeah. to, to happy go. I, I don't have any hot takes, but did you? What were your thoughts on Last uh, Jedi? Uh, so, uh, so I want to go see it a second time, which thanks to the lovely thing called movie pass, like I can do it and not feel bad. Uh, but I saw it once and I, I walked out. I actually, and I, it, I didn't think about this until about uh, a day or two after I saw it, but I had the same reaction to force awakens. When I first saw it, I walked out of the theater and said, huh? Oh, that was a movie. <laughs> Um, and, and not to say I didn't enjoy it. I really did love about two hours and 15 minutes of that movie. Uh, and, and then the last 15 minutes, uh, where, you know, we already spoiled what happened. I I didn't necessarily agree with the decision only because, um, we obviously after now seeing force awakens and last Jedi seven was Han Solo's movie eight was Luke Skywalker's movie nine is supposed to be Leia's oh, movie. I know. But, but now, and, and this is how, this is why I know when we recorded, uh, everything is awesome last year, because one of the first things I said about, uh, when, when I introduced you was Carrie Fisher's death, oh, man, yeah. uh, was we recorded on, on her, on her, the day that she died, the oh. night that she died. Um, but, uh, so, I feel like there was plenty of opportunities that they could have adjusted this film to make it more Leia centric mm. and not even make it. They didn't even, I don't even know if they had to, to, to do much to make it Leia centric, but, um, and this is a, I think I've, I, I've heard this in a few places. I've discussed this with a few people, but, and I don't, I don't know the the person's name, but whoever was second in command to, to Leia when she oh, got Lord Dern. on. Yeah. I- Instead of her going light speed through the 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 ship, the enemy ship, Leia, they could have, and I know they would have had to use CGI to do it. But I think everyone, every I think fans and everyone that watched that movie would have understood using the CGI technology that we've seen in mm-hmm. Rogue One that I think is decent enough to do to have her say, "No, no, I'm going to do this," and. That would have, I think, made her story at least like we would have seen the end of Leia and it, she would have gone out on a high note and you could have adjusted Luke's story a little bit and have him be have a nine be about him yeah, and have and have nine be the episode that he goes out on. That's what I would personally that after seeing it once, that's personally what I would have it done. Um, that being said, I after it's been i saw it uh i think friday the, f- the 15th so now that it's been almost two weeks later um i don't know if i if i still feel the same way but i definitely enjoy it mm. a lot more like every time i talk about it there's new things i'm like oh yeah i love i did love that i love this and i love that so i think last jedi is i don't know that I, a lot of people i saw put it up in like their top three i don't know that i put it a top three i think it's a top five mm. of, of the star wars top six top uh, worst case scenario but i enjoyed it yeah i think it was good so what did you think of it i get guff because star wars is like religion to people i don't come into the star wars franchise as a fan until force awakens yeah oh, that's not interesting. that i hated it i just i did not see it as a kid um i think my 
dad tried wow. to show it to me and I like, fell asleep. And then the first ones I saw <laughs> were probably the prequels and then the re-releases. And the re-releases had so much negative connotation around them when they came out because of all the stuff they did. So, like, you know, I've always been a Fairweather fan of Star Wars. But when I saw The Force Awakens, uh-huh. I kind of understood what people love finally. And um, I yeah. I really yeah. liked The Last Jedi, but I'm also not like bright enough to like have a critique of it because i've always thought like i mean i've seen the original star wars i'm like <laughs> i think people who i'm not to insult anyone but like you can't take it too seriously because they're kind of goofy and stupid but they're awesome right like you, yeah. you can't sit here and yeah. be like overly critique star wars when it's like he kissed his sister and like the camp the campiness i think is <laughs> the charm of it um the one thing i don't like about people complaining about how they the betrayal of like the luke skywalker character was my 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 thinking of it is like the one true thing in any movie is like human emotion always stays stays the same and like you are talking about a person who is 40 years later so luke skywalker has experienced 40 years of life after everything that happened i mean maybe you don't like the way it turned out but like if he turned into ben kenobi it would have just been a remake like so i i i actually like that he was kind of moody and he threw the lightsaber and it kind of I like that it veered off into a direction for it's. Yeah. I really felt like it was for more fans like me than maybe the older fans of like, I'm going to go see Star Wars for the rest of my life now. Like you, you grabbed a bunch of new people aboard on that, which I think that's kind of what they're going for. Cause ultimately as Ryan Johnson gets all this bullshit, all the crap. Um, the real person in charge is Kathleen Kennedy. I, I heard her on notice once. I mean, she's, she's the boss and like nothing happened. That's, if she don't like it, it happening. So like, I kind of really like her vision that they're going off to expand this universe beyond the Skywalker family. Well, and I, I will say like, I don't mind that journey that we saw Luke on. Like I, I, I don't think like that's not my issue with yeah. the Luke Skywalker part of it. My, my, my issue with, with, um, these episode numbers and maybe it will change starting with episode 10. I guess it's going to yeah, have why to did Lucas that's um, not, not to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was my confusion about the whole thing. It's like, they were like, Lucas said he had like this set thing of how they were all supposed to go, but then he just didn't make them. So like, it's, it's a really weird story. Yeah. I can't wait to like, maybe like 50 years, they can go back and make the whole story of star Wars. Like, well, you have these three movies in the seventies and these other ones that everyone hates cause they're garbage. Like years later, and then they just kind of stop and then <laughs> Disney buys them and they kind of reboot it. And it's like business wise, it's, it's kind of a fascinating story. Cause like for a very long time, you poor star Wars fans had six movies and you only liked half of them. But now I think we have like overall, like at least well, even if you don't love last Jedi and uh, rogue one or the force awakens, they're still good films. So at least you have six, three you love and three that you're yeah. at, and three that you pretend don't exist. Well, and it's it's interesting because um, like I, there there is a fan base for those prequel trilogies. There are there's a generation of kids. Brother in law is one of those people, and I'm like, yeah. I was like 16 when I saw that, and I was like, it's not that I hated it, I just didn't care. I was like, yeah, I don't like this, and I'm done. Well, and and so it's it's weird, and I I I kind of I, I listened to um, my buddy Garrett's podcast. I like to movie movie, and Wait, what was it called? I didn't, sorry. I like to movie movie and oh, they just, funny. they just, they, they discuss films, uh, and, and whatnot, obviously. And they, they, one of the most recent episodes, they talked about, uh, the last Jedi and he brought up a really good point that see for me personally, and I, I, we may have discussed this before. I don't know, but 
I, I've had a hard time, like for the last like five to ten years, like putting myself in a generation. Like I don't feel like I'm a Gen Xer, but I also don't feel like a millennial. Oh, like I feel I, like I'm in this weird in between zone. I'm at uh, 33. Me too. Yeah, I'll be 34 in July. Okay. Um, okay. Oh my god, dude! No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we are, in my opinion, we're not Gen Xers and we're not millennials. Like we, like we're in that weird zone where we know technology, but like Snapchat scares us. Dude, get and... the fuck out of my head. It's <laughs> so right? true. I don't get it. And, and I've read a fascinating article. They finally gave that group a name. Like we we're, we're, I guess like for the longest time we were just the lost generation or something, but they call like someone dubbed us Zennials with an X. Um, so, so that we are, cause we, we, we can relate to both generations to a degree. Yes. And th- this, this Zennial generation that we are, we're part of now, this doesn't really apply to you since you weren't a fan of Star Wars as a kid, but, um, and I, when I, I say I'm a fan, there's uh, if I'm a fan, there's 99 more people that know it way more than I do yeah, that are way bigger fans. I'm a fan of the movies and I, I never really got into the extended universe stuff. Um, but there's a, so our, our generation, we are old enough to remember star Wars on VHS, uh, old enough to have, to, we had to wait a couple years before we got more star Wars and we hated that star Wars. So we were in the same boat as the gen Xers that had to wait all this time to finally get this new generation of star Wars that actually benefit us. But there is this generation, probably the millennials, um, or at least the younger millennials that their trilogy, their star Wars trilogy is the prequel trilogy. And they love those three movies. And, and really, if you look at those movies, they're geared for kids and star Wars, star Wars movies, even though adults love them, they are kid movies. They're, 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 as you said, can't be space movies. Like they're meant for kids. That's so funny. I never thought about it. Like, well, so this is so funny. Cause like, we just had like a big family event uh, yesterday, like a little post Christmas, yeah. well, was extended Christmas meal, and got in mm-hmm. quite the argument with some uh, older people because they like to do the millennial shaming, and I was like defending it, but also feeling like I'm not a millennial, <laughs> yeah. but I am. Yeah. No, but yeah, no, yeah, we're right in that we're right yeah. in that zone where we we could be. Like, I feel like baby boomers probably think we are. Um, and I was trying to explain to these people, the, the, the family members, I was like, no one like walks around, like identifying as a generation until you hit like 60, like no 30 year old or 25 years. Like I'm a millennial. Like no one thinks like that. And I was like, it was a stupid argument. They're like, my generation respected adults more. I'm like, no, you did not. That's not true. <laughs> you can't yeah. even prove that. That's what we call an opinion. And you can't prove that. <laughs> Well, and there's plenty of, and and obviously it's it's entertainment, but there's plenty of history of entertainment that that proves that statement otherwise. Yeah. Like there's movies from Rebel the fifties that show, yeah, yeah, that, that shows that those baby boomers being disrespectful to to and, adults as they should. Be. And I was and, like, but you should have been, you should have rebelled against your parents. It was just very odd. It was just one of those like people who just like yeah. to argue about stuff, and it was just like you millennials, and it's your fault. Trump's got elected. I'm like. I didn't do anything. <laughs> no, it's like, not. Actually, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
we'll veer away from politics to keep this as a happy place. But I'm actually very educated in that because I've become very like active and I listen to a lot of political podcasts. So I started like throwing out data and numbers. I'm like, actually, if you looked out the number of the breakdown, it was uh, and then it kind of got like to the point where like they didn't want to hear anything. But I've noticed there's this thing with I don't want to just put these on these people. This is kind of for anyone when you get in an argument and you don't agree with them they pulled up well you're just not listening and i kind of got i kind of blew up i was like i am listening i am processing i am hearing you i'm just not agreeing with you and by the end of it i overheard them leaving as i was leaving i hear that's the problem with this generation they just don't want to listen it's like i listen to everything you say i just don't agree with you and like i couldn't (laughs) you know yeah it's I, i i tried i always veer away from uh even with people in my own generation, I try to stay away from religious and political talk because if it's someone like I have friends that are, you know, Republicans and, and I have friends that voted for the guy and it blows my mind that they like that you're not seeing the same thing I see uh, because it, it seems like just so immoral to not uh, yeah. see these things. Well, one thing I, I found um, as I try to do is my wife and I call it um, the echo chamber. Like I don't want to have a conversation about politics with anyone who agrees with me. If someone who feels differently wants to have like a conversation where we both can learn, I'm all about that. But there's nothing I hate than two liberals or two conservatives sitting around arguing about what they agree on. Like it's just to me, it's boring. <laughs> well, and my problem is that like I'm not I'm not smart. I'm like I'm not a politically smart guy. I, I because I just don't follow it and I don't really care yeah. to. Like I follow the most basic stuff that I need to follow to understand who I want to vote yeah, for. Yeah, it's not your Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't learn that from yeah, the Star and- Wars prequels of uh, how trade routes work. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I, well, let me tell you about this prequels. The first one, I don't, I didn't see in theater. I saw on DVD and fell asleep during. Uh, the second one, I think I fell asleep in the theater. The third one is actually not that terrible of a movie. I, I don't even have any opinion about them because I just remember seeing the first one and not have not caring. Um, yeah. my, my only memory well, of seeing that was um, so I went to high school, a different high school than all my friends, and. This was my freshman year of high school. And it was the first time I hung out with a new friend from my high school and he wanted to see Star Wars. And I was like, oh, sure. What's that? <laughs> and I slipped in <laughs> pee in the bathroom because someone pissed all over the floor and he laughed at me so hard. And that's yeah. how we became friends. That's funny. Um, yeah. No, the, those, uh, those movies just, there's a, apparently there's a Topher, uh, uh, Topher yes, Grace cut. That you can't get because uh, it got pulled down. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's episode one, or maybe it's one and I heard two it was all cut three, together, and he takes the three and makes it one. Oh. oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I forget exactly, but there's this really cool, and now it's all. I don't know how you do it now with uh, all these new movies from Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. But there's this cool order called Machete Order that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, so before f- the sequel trilogy and the spinoffs came out the recommended viewing order so that you don't spoil anything. And really, you know, for us, you can't spoil anything, but for like your kids, so you don't spoil anything for your kids. You watch episodes four and five first, and then you find out that Darth Vader, spoiler alert, is Luke's father. Then you watch, you skip episode one because anything important that happens in that movie, they literally repeat at least dialogue wise Mm. in episode two. So you watch episodes two and three, which become basically a larger flashback to we're finding out that Darth Vader is Luke's um, uh, father. 
And after you watch episode three, you watch episode six, which actually parallels three, like Luke and Anakin's story in those two movies are pretty parallel with one another, except Luke chooses the good side at the end of the day. Um, and that was like the, the recommended viewing order that I have, I have yet to actually do it. I started to do it with my kid, um, last year, but kind of like you, uh, he fell asleep during a new hope. Uh, so <laughs> I think four years old. Yeah. Well, he was four at the time. So yeah, I think I was was, like he was just a little too 12. young. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping now he's, he's going to be six in January. So I'm hoping in the next, uh, like I'm hoping in the summer I can just like, all right, man, we're going to marathon yeah, these movies. Yeah. It right wasn't now. that Star Wars was bad. I just fall asleep in movies easy at home anyway. That wasn't anything to do with the movie. And, <laughs> okay, I, and yeah, Star yeah. Wars wasn't like my dad's thing. Like he liked it. He was more of an Indiana Jones guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I would say as a kid, when I was younger, I was definitely more of an indie guy than I was a Star Wars kid. Um, but I, if I had to pick a trilogy from my childhood that like defines who, who like, you know, I guess like every, like, like the, like my uncle's trilogy was Star Wars. My trilogy is actually back to the future. Yeah. Like that's, what I watched there, there was a couple summers where I would literally, I had the VHSs and I would, I would pop episode uh, or part one in uh, for, you know, for day one, part two in for, for day two, part three in for, for day three. And then day four, I would just start the cycle over again. And I would, how I don't have those movies memorized. I don't know. Probably because I took one too many chair shots you, uh, in the you, head, but I, I you know Peter from our network who holds Podstalgic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, he, he always says that Back to the Future is his Star Wars. It, it and I would I would venture to say that Kev of about two or three years ago, that was my Star Wars trilogy. But uh, the combination of Force Awakens coming out uh, and then going through what I did with my uncle, like Star Wars has jumped in importance to to what it means to me because <clears throat> like I didn't know I was a Star Wars fan. I think we. I've probably t- last time I was on your show, I probably said this, but when I watched the force awakens trailer and I think the first trailer, it was just like all the new people. And then it cuts to black and cuts to the classic John Williams score and the millennium Falcon just flying through space or wherever it was flying through Jakku or whatever. Uh, when that happens, my, my, I got goosebumps and, and that's what I realized. I was a star Wars fan that Star Wars meant something to me, and then you know everything else happened, and then I realized why it meant something to me. Did you ever see that Ghostbusters documentary about the fans? Oh uh, no, I want to uh, Ghost Heads or whatever. Yes, it's really good, but like one of the main guys that they follow, it was like same kind of thing. Like he watched it with his grandfather, and his grandfather died, and now he's like an obsessive fan. Um, and yeah. that's what a lot of that stuff. And they, um, I forgot I was going to say something, probably something not smart. So who cares? <laughs> did you listen to kevin smith's fat man on batman review of course he did of uh last yeah. jedi yes oh god um oh that's why i wanted to ask you so you met kevin smith since we've last talked oh yeah Was totally so uh yeah yeah i actually uh before this the only other time i went to an event of kevin smith's was when he released red state i went to um radio city music hall for the world premiere of red state um, and did not like wait for him. Like, I didn't know that was the thing that he did. Like, I didn't know he waited out back. Um, and, uh, so 
I went to this year. Um, it, it was such a great weekend because it was the weekend of my, the, the anniversary of my uncle's death. Um, his, his anniversary was, uh, 11, six, November 6th. And on, uh, November 3rd and 4th, I, uh, I went to go see Kevin Smith back to back November 3rd. I went with uh, a very good friend of mine, Garrett. Uh, I already talked about him today. Um, Garrett and I went to go see Hollywood Babylon. Um, and we just left afterwards. Like I, I didn't like I was, we were expecting like maybe some sort of interaction after the show. Cause I heard that like he usually does that, but there was nothing. So we just kind of left and, and we, the way we walked to get back to my car was like not around the back of the building. Next night, I it was a Q and A with Kevin Smith, uh, an evening with uh, Kevin Smith, and I went with Jen and I went, my fiance, and we um, we parked in the parking lot right next door. So we went, got in the car, and as we drove by, we had to go around the back of the building, and I saw him standing outside with a couple fans. So I instantly parked, and it was raining. It was one thirty in the morning. It was raining. I, I could have asked him a question. I could have said. You know, I could have kept him talking, could have asked him to be on the show, but it was 1.30 a.m. It was raining. I just shook his hand and said, hey, man, big fan. Can I just grab a quick picture? And uh, dude could not have been nicer. Like he at least three or four times, he made sure everyone got whatever they wanted signed, signed, had a picture, got whatever they wanted to get out of him. He made sure it happened. That's so cool. I, I've never met him by any means, but I just I've. I've been listening to a lot of Fat Man Unbuilt Batman. That's been one of my escapisms. Uh, and you know what's weird? Yeah. I this the tagline that could be is like come for the Kevin Smith, stay for the Mark Bernardin. Because I've actually come to like really like Mark <laughs> Bernardin more than not more. I like equally, yeah. but I I I love those two together. I've tried to get Mark Bernardin on the show when I was really in it for a while and never got close. <laughs> if anyone knows him, yeah, I mean I was. Yeah, I I've tried to get Kevin on this on my show a few times. I actually have like I know an, I have a workable email that I know works, um, but I I never get a response. And I the dude's busy, and who am I? In, I know. In well, I think you should do, man, because um, um, you do you, you're somebody first off, but you do the live shows. You should wait till he's <laughs> at like a con in Philly and then try. Because I feel like a lot of this is just about yeah. timing. Because I think he would do your show. It's just you have to have the time and has to line up perfectly. Well, and you know what? What sucks is that I don't know that I, that a con would ever like his. So the last time he was at a Philadelphia-based con, uh, his father uh, passed away. Well, even like Jersey uh, or something. Like so, you know what I mean? Just keep your eye open yeah. and be like, "Hey, I'm going to be in this area." I mean, at one point, at my height of hubris, I thought I I, why, I didn't know, but like I don't know. Do you happen to know David from the Unbiteable Rant at all, or of him? I mean, I we yeah. follow each other on Twitter. I'm actually in the process of going like I'm, I'm changing the way I, I do everything is awesome for year three um uh, a little bit and uh, I'm, a, I'm actually gonna probably email him or message him on oh. twitter shortly to, to get him on your show nicest dude in the world he's a real brilliant mind but he is the one who released this video of just like here's how you get guest and game changer for me yeah. and then uh He's like a I I love that guy. He's so nice. I talked to he like called me on the phone once after we did an interview just to like say hello. Like he's just he him and Julia are just the nicest fucking people and doing such great things and they're so great for the community. Um, tell him I said hello when you talked to him. I love him. Uh, but yeah, I definitely. Yeah, have I you definitely, seen his video? I'll, I'll have drop you, have you seen the video he made? I started. You know what? You sent me the link to it and I started watching it and then um, I was. I was probably at lunch at work. Yeah, I just like, never that's the it. stuff. It's just really, it's all just like timing and like 
it's really just about but yeah i thought i tried to get judd apatow on my show which i didn't think could happen but i was like well i have an email and he's going to be in providence and it did not happen but you know who i almost got because of um david was mike rowe from dirty jobs yeah we got i got to the booking stage with the agent and then something happened where they only could do so many i just they couldn't fit me in and it was fine but just it, the first time i actually got a response from like a pr person was like whoa yeah, it's that's all like my problem with with trying to contact people is like, OK, if I have the IMD bro, IMDB pro account, like what one do I pick? Like there's like oh, there's I managers, know. there's there's talent agents. I was like, I don't know who I'm supposed to email for a goddamn uh, interview request. Uh, Can I, I curse on your show? <laughs> OK, I, I forget because it's been so long since I've been on your show. Yeah, um, um, I just I used to yeah, just email so, everyone. Um, I never really had much luck and then sometimes i would do this thing where i would just do generals because um for like a minute i started a booking agency Uh, oh yeah you remember you were supposed to be one of them and then that was another thing that fell because i just the the ptsd bullshit but like the first thing i'd got was i um i got booked phil lamar for a different podcast and i was like huh and then everything went to hell (laughs) which i kind of wish i could go because i i I do like booking a lot and i at some point i want to get back into it but i'm actually I want to get a job as a podcast booking agent. I'm waiting for uh, a position to open up and hopefully they would hire me. So if they're listening, hire me. Yeah. <laughs> hire this man. He's got the heart. He's got the drive. Yeah. But um, so yeah, it's fun. Booking's fun, but I learned a lot from David is with the, but yeah, I guess a lot of it is just timing. Like, I guess you got to wait till Kevin puts out his next passion. Like, I feel like if he's going to be in the area around or even when he's going balls to the wall for like, Clerks three, not Clerks three. What's he doing? Mallrats two. Is that his next like? No, no, that, that fell through too. His next thing that's is James. Yeah, Bob I think that's your best bet is trying to get on when he's doing like his passion project and. Yeah, and that he'll he'll probably. I think he might be filming part of that over over around the Philly area because I thought it was. Yeah, I think yeah. I read that. Yeah, well, or, and also you should to do is like get people close to Kevin. Like get Brian O'Hallorhan. You could totally yeah. get him on your show. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that's my, my big thing this year is like every year I, I, you know, when I hit my anniversary mark, I try to do something a little different, uh, just to, to keep it interesting. And so where everything else, uh, everything is awesome for the last two years has been a show where I get you on and I, and I say, all right, all right, you'll know when to jump in. I go, welcome to this week's edition of everything is awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I go into my spick, my spick, my, my stick. Uh, then, um, I'm changing it to where I now just cut the way you, the way most interviewers do their show where uh, it's a, you know, a post interview intro and outro, and then just kind of pick up wherever we hit record from. So I'm, I'm, I'm joining, I'm conforming to everyone else, but I'm doing it for, for, you know, just to change my show up. Hey, how are the live shows going, man? Cause that was something I always found so inspiring. Cause like you got this, like, I don't want to say little, but you know, we're not, mark maron and you have like a live yeah a lot of like like a lot and i'm like why don't i do those i i did um let's see in 2017 i did let's see january march june podcast but i did five which was one short of what my goal was my goal was to do one every other month so so not bad you know i i hit five shows uh the most successful one of those um, were uh, the podcast festival in Philadelphia. 
that was not as popular as last year's event, um, but that was just across the board. Uh, and then we just did one uh, two weeks ago for episode 100 um, at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, and that was actually and no, not because of my show. I just booked really well. Uh, we it was a packed house. It was like 25 people, which was like I think there was only 22 chairs. So um, wow. Yeah, it was. It was. How do you a, do, how do you do it? Walk us through that. Everyone listening, like I think this show has a lot of indie podcast listeners. I think that's all it is, really. And then some other friends. Um, not all. I don't mean to minimize it, but like, so walk us through. Like, I, I have a podcast, and I I live in Providence. How do I go about booking a live show for someone like me who's like I don't know how to do this, but I'm and I'm too scared to because no one will show up. Well, I think that's the first thing is you have to throw that out the window. Like you can't. In my opinion, you can't worry about people showing up because I've I've literally done a show where the only person in the audience was my guest wife. Um, granted, that I didn't promote that show because it was two weeks after my uncle passed away, so mm. I didn't do well promoting it. But, but even like, it. yeah, I still did it. Um, and here's the way I look at it: is you're going to record a podcast regardless. You're going to get episode 99 out. You're going to get episode 190. Whatever episode you're working on, you're eventually going to get that. You're going to record that episode. The only difference is when you do it live is that like there might be people there watching you. Now <clears throat> there's two mindsets now. Like, do you prepare for an audience or do you just do it like you normally would and have a board audience if an audience shows up? So it's kind of a weird balance you have to have, I think. But my my thought process is is even if five people show up and listen to me talk to somebody about being in a band or about comedy or about podcasting or about whatever we're talking about. Like that's five more people that like, I like no, I don't have five people in my house that are going to listen to me talk for an hour. So, you know, I don't have one person in this house that's going to listen to me. Talk yeah. For an hour. So like, but like nitty gritty, how do you find a venue? Easy. That's easy. I mean, uh, the, once you don't worry about the audience, you know, uh, you, you just, you find a place that is based, you know, I think we're lucky in Philadelphia. We have a lot of venues that are um, creator friendly and indie friendly. So uh, you don't want to find a place that's going to charge you because mm. you're not making you're not making money to begin with. I, I recommend, um, you know, bars and, and uh, comic book shops have been great. And there's actually a local um, in Philadelphia, uh, it's South street cinema. We're in talks with them to maybe do something there, um, in the near future, but Would you do like a commentary over a movie kind of thing or just a legit podcast. I don't, I don't know about that one yet. Um, that, that would probably be more of trying to find a local filmmaker screening the film and then doing like a panel afterwards. Oh dude, is, that's so cool. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Like I, I changed my show up for, for the live show. For example, the kind folks listening to let's chat right now, uh, what you're listening to is basically everything is awesome. <laughs> is but not when I do. A, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> if anything, we're equals, uh, you're, you're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Everything is awesome is essentially this show. I just sit around and talk for an hour about literally the, the goal is to talk about the person and what they do. But we li- like, you know, I think I had you on the show. We went on for an hour about the flash. Um, no, uh, you know, I did not like there's a new character this season that I hated. And I don't know if it was because of the show or if it was me. So uh, who who was uh, it? stretchy guy. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it might be. I, I give it him a shot. I think you. Uh, I did like Supergirl I, a lot. Yeah, so, I I love those shows. I think Even Supergirl like, Ar- got like that scene. Uh, maybe it was the last season of uh, Superman fighting Supergirl was better than Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, totally, hundred <laughs> percent. Supergirl and the Flash are the two best shows going for the Berlantiverse right now. Uh, the Legends is really good, uh, and Arrow has made a comeback this season. In oh, my opinion, dude, we gotta let's talk about the this uh, Kreisberg dude. What the fuck? Oh my god! Oh, that how heartbreaking as a, as like a fan. Of, I only knew him because I heard him on a podcast oh. once, so I was like, oh, um, but what a d bag. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, was, it, it is a shame. Yeah, I'm glad they got rid of him, and I, I wish I. I don't know anything more of it. Like, did they know? Or are they covering it up? But uh, Melissa Benoit, Benoit, whatever you say her name, Benoist, I think. I don't yeah. know. Um, she made a really kind of nice statement that he's gone and it's a good environment, and um, I don't like people who sexually harass and fuck you, yeah. Christberg, But I still think you're a creative mind. That's a genius. Yeah, I mean it's uh, unfortunate, but luckily it's it's I think a lot of it still like he had a huge impact on that show, but hopefully there was a bible. I mean, you're probably he was on Kevin Smith's show way back. Yeah, then. before I knew he was a bad uh, guy, I listened to it. Yeah, exactly. And um while I understand not supporting projects these people are involved with, the the the, the network and the the production company that was in charge of those shows did the right mm-hmm. thing. So I you know, I it's 100% okay for me to be watching oh, these yeah. shows, I in my opinion. I, I've never heard anyone say, don't watch Flash because of that guy now because he's gone. You know what I mean? So okay. it's like, I think actually, if anything, like, I think House of Cards is the best example of like, don't let a shitty dude ruin an entire show for a lot of people. Like, if anything, to get rid of the shithead Kevin Spacey and give the power to Robin Wright, which they did. And like, yeah. so I, I actually, that's my method. It's like, we'll get rid of don't end it because this guy's a shithead. You should replace them with a powerful woman or a person of color or someone who's not a harasser and then continue on stronger without them. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally agree. And, and I, I, what I, what I'm disappointed about now, I haven't watched house of cars in a couple of no, me either. I stopped but, a long time ago. Yeah. I, I watched the first two and then I, I, the third one was just not that I didn't, like it oh, I just, so and i have time nothing happened i think that's when i stopped maybe maybe that's why i stopped i don't know uh, but i think thing with it... the sand that they made like the monks i don't know it was terrible i don't even know uh i my problem uh with it though is i think they should have not said this is going to be the last season i think they should have seen what they could do with robin Wright at the at the helm and they you know, if it, if it was successful, it got more viewers or at least was the status quo and you could uh, reason with keeping it on for another season beyond that. Like make her the, the face of that show and, and let it go for another season well, too. Take don't a cue just... from like, I don't know, do you watch Veep at all? No, well, not it's a, really. a great, 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 great comedy. But um, so she's vice president in the show. And then the last second, the last, the season that just aired, uh, she is she loses the election and it's about the year of her like life after office and it's a comedy, but um, still interesting because they had built such a strong foundation of the characters that it wasn't about her being in power in the white house or whatever. It was more about the character still being a shithead and and doing horrible things. (laughs) Interesting. It's a really good, but they're ending. I think they're doing one more season, but Julia Dreyfus had uh, breast cancer. 
Yeah, that's sad. That's really yeah, sad. Yeah, I love her. She's really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we were talking about something important, but, uh, but I don't remember what. Yeah, no. Uh, so to, so to find a venue, going there back to go. uh, live podcast. That's, that's why you're here. You're uh, the host. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, you know, uh, find a venue that that you're going to be comfortable shaping your show around. For instance, I've now booked – I always book another show along with myself so that, you know, there's two hours. So that's a two-hour event. I feel like it's a waste of time to only have a one-hour event. Uh, so I always book a second show with me, but even if you're not going to do that, if you're going to do it on your own, like if you're going to book at a comic book store, you have to gear your show towards that. So for example, uh, the first comic book store I ever did, I had a a guy on who played Thor and we played it up. Like it was going to be Marvel's Thor is our guest. Like the legitimate God of thunder that you've seen in the comic book pages is real. He's coming to the show. It's going to be awesome. And he comes out. And he's dressed in as like the traditional Norse god Thor, and I'm playing dumb. I'm like, oh man, Thor, you're you're dressed weird. You're talking funny, blah blah blah. And it's just this bit that five minutes into the interview, I'm like, wait, you're telling me Marvel's Thor is fake, and you're the real deal? Um, <laughs> That's funny. so we did. That's creative. We did that. We did that. Uh, I did one that was a little bit more traditional at a comic book store and it, and it bombed. I don't want I don't want to say it bombed, but it didn't play the way that I wanted it to play. Uh, so then when we went back to that comic book store for the 100th episode, uh, the reason I picked that venue is that the way I wanted to celebrate 100 episodes is we played a, um, a, a role-playing game. I, I have a friend who hosts um, an actual play podcast and he designed a game called mission accomplished. And it's like, uh, it's, it's basically like, you know, a group of spies who, uh, went on a successful mission and this is the debriefing and something went wrong during that successful mission and mission control is going to figure what out, what happened. So it's just like sitting around. It's, it's like an episode. It's like Kevin Smith directed a, a spy movie. <laughs> is because it's just a bunch of people talking and I, I filled it with a bunch of improv people so that it was really funny and stuff. But that's that's what you need to do to to I think have a successful live show is is plan plan your show for the venue you're okay. at. Um, Has that helped? Do you feel like you've grown an and, audience? Well, I don't see. I don't know because the, the this hundredth episode show was the first show that I actually had like a show that I booked was as popular as the Philadelphia mm. Podcast Festival. Um, the next test will be, uh, in exactly one month, January 28th is, uh, our second annual, everything is awesome. Let's F cancer Potiversary festival. Um, we put this together last year, um, to raise money and awareness for, uh, fuck cancer. Uh, and, uh, and also to celebrate Philadelphia podcasting and to celebrate the first anniversary of my show this year. It's obviously the second anniversary of my show. But um, uh, somebody likened it to like a preview uh, festival to what we do in the summer for the, the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. So that's what we're billing it as. And this will be the real test to see if I can bring people out because I, we, we're booked for, I think, six shows are coming out to, to perform, including my own. Um, we're going to Tattooed Mom, a nice little bar that can hold about 25 to 30 people uh, in the upstairs room. So it's I'm really excited for it because it's. A, it's just me having fun watching shows that I like, uh, perform live, celebrating my my podcast birthday, 
and at the end of the day, it's an, a way for me to honor my mm. uncle and raise money. Have you reached out to like a Mel? Because he does a lot of work with the Fuck Cancer organization. Uh, not yet. That's um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to put them on blast. But uh, I've I've e- I've emailed uh, my contact there a few times in the last uh, month and have not heard anything back. Um, but but eventually, I would like to get to the point where you know this this annual event is something that like they're more like a fundraiser more, kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, because they do fundraiser events all the time, and I and I want it to be where they're more involved than than what they are. Like right now, like last year and this year. I don't know what they're doing this year, but last year they, they helped promote it a little bit on social media, but they sent us some swag to give out this oh, year. Great. Yeah, yeah. This year, I don't, the idea was to, uh, my initial idea was to, to bring it a little bit more local to me in, in, in Bucks County, which is, I live in Bucks County. Philadelphia is about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. Uh, so the idea was to bring it a little bit more local, but we would have to rent a venue. And so the idea was like, all right, well, F cancer will be the name that helps us like secure the, the nonprofit deal and also raise money to even like rent the place out. But then I, I the last minute I said, you know what? No, let's just go to a place in the city. That's going to give it to us for free. Um, and then I usually get a bunch of people to help out to run sound and whatnot uh, to donate their time for the cause and whatnot. Uh, that sounds really cool, man. Good for you. What, what, what date is that? I'll put this up before that goes up. Uh, January 28th is uh, 2018. Um, it will be at Tattooed Moms on South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. It is the Sunday before the Super Bowl. Uh, so you have no excuse to not come out if you're in Philadelphia because you're going to be waiting for that Philadelphia championship. We all know it. You're going to be waiting one week away uh, for, for that Philadelphia to bring home a ring. That is the most sports talk that's ever happened here. <laughs> this is our, I can't help it, man. I bleed green, and it, it is our year despite our quarterback going down. I don't know what you're talking about, but I respect it. <laughs> There's words. There are words, Kev. I don't know what they are. <laughs> no, I, I'm not an anti-sport person. I just don't really follow. But that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm happy for you. That's that's a really good thing that you're doing. So people around the area, if you are in that area, please check it out. Is there a way we can support you online, like financially? Um, there. I mean, I guess the best place to do it would be uh, letsfcancer.org. Uh, no, 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 no. Letsfcancer.com. <laughs> they are a .com. They are a nonprofit, so like it's legit, like a tax write-off. But they have a .com instead of a .org for some reason. Um, that would be the best place to like to really just support them. Uh, but if you want to help, because there are a couple, like I'm trying to raise money for the, the event to do a couple cool things with the excess money going uh, to F cancer. So if you want to, um, if you want to like, I guess, sponsor the show, just hit me up on uh, at that nerdy Kev on Twitter uh, to sponsor the show. And we'll talk. That's a, I was trying to think what a cancer doctor is called to make a funny joke, but I couldn't think of the name. It's uh, oncologist. Yeah. Any oncologists out there, make sure you get a Kev. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if not nobody Kev, you can sponsor the show. You could. Oncologist. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm, I'm happy. It, it's good talking to someone again. Um, yeah. it, it was good. when It's funny because we really put this together and like, literally two days and shout out to Craig from take two, who was about to join us very last minute and then had to deal with life. Uh, So, um, and Craig is like one of the night. I actually never 
talked to him, but we've talked like on social media, like and like DMs and stuff, and it just seems like the nicest human being. And I actually really like Take Two; it's a great podcast. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. I had him on uh, as part of my uh, roundtable episode that we did for Justice League, uh, and I have to, I have to get him on for a solo episode still. Dude, but, I didn't see Justice League. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I unless you're a super fan, I would, no. or you have Movie Pass, uh, mm. I would just wait for DVD. You know, I'll tell you exactly. Here's what happened. Uh, I don't see a lot of movies before maybe anyway and but like my wife and i finally got we had like a date night we did like lazy date night and we're like burgers and sweatpants and we're gonna go to a movie and we had a chance to see thor ragnarok or justice league and they both have been out for a while and then she really wanted to see justice league because we love wonder she loved, my wife is obsessed with wonder woman and that movie i did see wonder woman which is amazing, amazing uh, yes. and then um, we just kept hearing these like mediocre reviews and I was like, you know what? We're going out. I kind of just want to escapism. I, I just, I don't want to think about life. And I heard that Thor was just a two hour comedy. And I was like, let's just do. And that's so we saw Thor instead. Yeah. I mean, if they're your two choices, Thor is the one that you should have picked. So you picked right. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, I don't know if, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was good. Korg. Oh my God. is my new favorite character of anything in the history of the world. <laughs> I would say, spoiler alert, I guess, I would say the only thing I'm disappointed in is that they did the the eye bit. Like, I feel like that's just a little too on the nose, the I guess, bit? for uh, get, like ha- stabbing Thor in the eye and getting rid of his eye. And I don't know. I'm not a, I, that was the only part I'm not a fan of because I, I just, I feel like that's like, oh, because he's the king of Asgard now, he has to have one eye just like Odin. I, oh. I wasn't a fan of that bit, but. Yeah. I didn't catch those references. I actually, I don't, I'd never read a comic book either. I'm, I'm such a late nerd comic. The way I put it at work is like at work, they would call me like the resident nerd. Cause I like these things. But when I talk to anyone who likes these things, I'm not a nerd at all. I'm, I'm in the same boat, dude. I'm, Cause I like, I don't, I, I haven't read a Marvel comic book in years, like in at least 10, 15 years. And, and before then I had only read for like maybe a year or two. And then it was like when I was a kid Yeah, and I just started reading DC. I mean, I read DC a few years ago when Scott Snyder first started writing uh, Batman, but I just recently started reading DC again because I was writing for a Batman site uh, that. Oh, tell us about that. Oh uh, yeah. Well, so darknightnews.com. Uh, go visit them. I currently do not write for them. Oh, then don't tell um, us about that. No, just kidding. But <laughs> it's a positive uh, experience. Let's hear about it. Yeah, it was. They were. It was a great place to write for. There was another uh, writer on the staff that I had creative differences with. We'll say um, is what I can. Maybe when this is released, I, I can legally say more. But we'll leave it at I had creative differences with outside of, and then it was my creative differences were outside of Dark Knight News uh a l- kind of a little bit of dark knight news was was involved too but um i believe uh if i believe i'm joining the writing staff again uh in 2018 okay oh, congrats uh so uh rumor has it that he's no longer there and they asked me to come back so i might be writing for them again but uh if not you should still check them out because there's a lot of great so writers for them Darknightnews.com is a Batman fan site. Um, they write news and review comics that are Batman centric. So um, they are uh, reviewing like uh, the Doomsday Clock cro- uh, series, which brings the Watchmen into the DC universe. Oh, cool. They're reviewing. Um, they review Justice League because Batman's in it. Anything that has Batman or or is tied to Batman. So like 
uh red hood and the outlaws i think is a comic book because that's a batman com- like red hood is a batman character they they cover all that the only thing they don't like they don't they won't cover superman unless it's like a crossover with Batman or something like Did that. Did you see that Amel was the guy responsible for making Bruce Wayne's name come up and Yeah. God, I love that guy yeah. as a human being. I Oh my god, yeah. I I feel like Stephen Amel is a dude like uh going back to the F cancer thing like I'm not going to lie, one of the one of the big aside from helping a, an organization that is out there doing the Lord's work when it comes to cancer research and, and and helping people that are affected by cancer whether it's directly or indirectly. Aside from all that, like I would love for it to turn into a relationship where like I somehow get a Mel on the show. I don't know. He's too pretty. Uh, and, and also become like BFF with him so that we can, no, like, you, we, we can't talk to someone who like, he's too good looking to be our friend. He's so fucking uh, it, handsome. It, it is. And I'm putting this out there right now within the next 10 years, uh, the first 10 years of podcasting for me was uh, getting to this point where I'm happy doing podcasting. Uh, I now have nine years left in the, uh, or I guess nine and a half years left uh, to for the next 10 years. And that goal is just to become friends with. Yeah, I think you could do it. Honestly though. He's, he seems like a cool, he's like a good, I follow him on Instagram. He's like a good dad. Like he's such like a dorky yeah. dude. He's just like a dude who happens to be ripped and yeah. is a very talented actor. And, uh, and like, cause you know, the heroes and villain con, like he's a smart guy too. Like he's put all that. Uh, yeah. He was on Aisha Tyler's podcast way back when, and he was just like, oh, he's Canadian. So he's just like the nicest dude. He's just like, oh, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity, you know? <laughs> I, I, uh, I feel like the only thing that it, like the only difference between him and I is literally like a six pack. Yeah. He's like Chris <laughs> Pratt. It's he, like, they pay me to be hot. <laughs> yeah yeah like i i just i I love the dudes like as much as i i like flash and supergirl more than uh arrow i feel like steven amell is the most relatable like actor out of the whole universe yeah um you know and i love um like yeah okay that's fair he is he definitely he is because like i like grant gustin i've heard him on a podcast and he just kind of came off as someone i didn't like not in a bad way. Yeah, he just, he's a theater Gustin. kid who happens to play Flash, and he's amazing. Yeah, I haven't heard him in any real interviews, and I'm basing like I'm kind of basing everything off of social media, and like, um, I, like even like I I, I love um, uh, Emily Bet Records. Yeah, my, or not whatever. my problem with her. Um, my jealousy of her. She was like the hot girl in high school who's now famous, <laughs> but well, she and, seems really and, cool. Like, yeah, she but like my like she seems like the longer I followed her on on social media, she she doesn't she, not that she doesn't seem not likable. She's still like she seems likable, but I would say not as likable as No, he's Adam charming Adam. as fuck though. He's like borderline sociopathic yeah. charming. He's so good. Yeah, like I I I would love again, if I had to pick anyone and being a flat a flash supergirl fan if i had have anyone from the berlanti verse on my show it is it's what about um, i mean he's casey uh, jones in the ninja turtles movie and the the second one that out of the shadows that that one yeah it's yeah. really good yeah oh is like, i haven't i haven't watched it's not yeah, I good the but one. it's really watchable it knows <laughs> I, I have a hard it time. knows that it's not a good movie and it kind of makes fun of it it's good the way the first transformers movie is good 
Okay. I've watched yeah, it like I six times. I, and five of those times oh, wow. it's because I'm working from home and I just need some background noise. But um, it's okay. a good ignore movie, okay. it, but it is, it's very fun. I, I, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to watch it because I, I, I'm a completist in that way where I, I've watched the first one. So I need to watch the second one. See, I didn't see the first one at all. And I, I heard that was garbage, but this one is just like, you got, I don't know. It's fun. I think you're going to see it and be like, huh, Amel. Well, I mean, it's just yeah, if Amel's in it, it's going to be, like, that. It, it, it's at a whole other level at that point. I just wish they gave him a different haircut. That was my only complaint. Yeah. But didn't he literally just have what he had for arrow? He literally looks like he's playing the Queen. He looks like Oliver Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, and, and Megan Fox is actually really good in it. Yeah, I mean, she. I, 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 get, I don't think she was the worst part of the first one either. Like, I, it's. I just didn't see the first one at all. But it has the um, one of the friend. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Uh, Stevie's dad is in it. He's uh, he's Bebop or Rocksteady. He's one uh, of the other. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love that dude because he's on, he's really funny. But yeah, it's like I mean, I would not be like, hey, go out and see it. It's a good movie. But if you want like a, this is a fun, this is a fun movie where I'm not using my brain, and some good action, and it's pretty silly. I I really like it. I actually think I like it a little too much. <laughs> I, my, I, like, big, my big problem with the new turtle movies is that they could have easily just not made them look like freaks. Like, yeah, I I yeah, I don't know. I don't have any opinion on those. On that, I did not care I when those came out. I was like years behind. I was like, yeah. But I yeah, they going could have CGI, done but like, I don't know, make the heads look like they I did like in the 90s. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I like the, f- I guess those are my Star Wars growing up, which is why I stopped because I was like, I had bad taste. <laughs> they, I, pit- I I jump on the wrong horse. Everyone's watching Star Wars and Back to the Future. And I'm like, oh, the Ninja Turtles. That, you know what? The Ninja Turtle movies are, are very special, really, really special to me as well. Like that, that, that was the first one's very good. Oh, it's so good. Even the, the second, second one, and third are pretty like bad. The, I like the second one. The third one. The second one's good if you had seen it as a child. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with the that. The way, like, and I feel like that's like Star Wars was for me. Is like, I didn't see it as a kid. I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I find it likable, but I know Star Wars fans. I just think are the worst type of fan of the of all the fandoms. I think Star Wars fans are the absolute well, worst. Well, look at them. They they They're are the. the fucking worst <laughs> they were pissed that force awakens was basically a new hope rebooted which i thought was a genius move like there, there's there's i love that ray was the luke skywalker of that film i love that poe was uh like the han solo of that film han solo was the obi-wan of that film and and luke was the yoda of that film uh i loved it i loved everything about that movie and i i love uh you know and now they're all bitching that the last Jedi is too different. And I, I don't know. I don't exactly know if I, how much I love this movie yet. Cause I need to see it uh, one or two more times, but I, I, if you're going to take a, I think you should take a chance. If you, if you, if you're going to re re um, reemerge this franchise, the best way to do it is the way that JJ did it. And that is give people what is familiar to them so that you don't have another prequel, you know, on your hands a prequel story if they had started force like if force awakens started out as being completely different than star wars like last jedi was oh it'd be done it, it, it would have gotten roasted and no one like it would have been bad it's true so, because i think a lot of fans are only looking at for storage perspective but disney has to look at this narrative as a business in a weird way right i think you're right like you have to start off with like here's what you know and now we need to veer you away from 
take a piece of what you already know and go a little bit to the left or right so we can continue this for the next forever. Yeah, and just like there's a TV show Bible for The Flash and, and Arrow and all those CW shows, there's like they have once Disney acquired uh, Lucas Films, they have a they I'm sure they developed a brand new Star Wars Bible that says, "All right, here's what seven eight nine is going to be about, and then we're going to do this spinoff movie, this spinoff movie." Oh, you know what? Ryan Johnson was a great person to work with. He has this awesome idea. Let's let him roll with it. Yeah, he's getting and three I, more. Yeah, and I guarantee you that they have an idea for what's going to happen in 10, 11, and 12. I, 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 we've talked a lot about Star Wars tonight, and, and I, I'll try to make this the last thing I say about it. But I, 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 it makes I, me happy. I, I honestly think that after episode nine, there should be no more of the saga films. It kind of feels like that's what they're doing. And, and I hope so, because he, here's why. The saga films are are about the skywalkers and we're already now at a point in episode nine because unfortunately because carrie fisher passed away where like episode nine is not necessarily going to be about the skywalker family um and i understand that the new trilogy is to introduce these new characters but like these new characters ray finn poe we're not going to see them again Rose. like after episode nine they're done oh interesting so like I mean we're I mean maybe we'll see them down the road but like uh, uh what's her name Daisy Ridley, Ridley yeah Ridley she said that she's she she's not interested really in coming back after episode nine weird someone so stupid. like but like I get it like you don't want to be a like you don't want to do Star Wars for the rest of your life I mean I think I that's do. stupid I would I would do Star I Wars take for that the rest paycheck yeah but like. I, I don't know unless she ends up being a Skywalker of like of Skywalker blood, which I don't think she's going to be. I think, you know, I'm on the fence about whether uh, Kylo Ren was telling the truth or not, but I don't know. I, I just, I think that you need to make sure episode nine ends in a way that feels conclusive as far as the Skywalkers are concerned. Um, and I don't think we're there yet. Like, I don't feel like, that and I, I just I think we need to, to see that the the fi- if Kylo Ren is the final Skywalker like he he needs to either he needs to die a hero and then that way their Skywalker legacy is done and it's it's any future movie is maybe they're not gonna call it a Star Wars story at the bottom but you can't have 10 11 and 12 unless unless you have in my opinion Mark Hamill, uh, Carrie Fisher or or Harrison Ford involved. I I, just, I don't see it happening. I think you're right, and it seems like it's a good hands because Kathleen Kennedy fired a bunch of people who weren't doing what she wanted. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, a badass, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, so I I'm interested. I'm interested to see what they do um, after twenty uh, twenty one because I I have a feeling twenty twenty one is going to be their uh obi-wan kenobi story that i mean at the end of the day it's happen. still better than avatar which we still get more of for some reason yeah <laughs> which is now which is going to be owned by disney by by june it's so let's, be let's, let's see the Pro- disney uh let's see the avatar star wars crossover where they land on navi and you're like oh boy they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel well, I'll, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I mean, this we, we could go another 45 minutes about Disney and Fox. Uh, that Disney I Fox to go to bed. So, so. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. So let's let's not go that direction. Yeah, the baby wakes up. Uh, regardless what time I go to bed, that uh, does not matter to her. I'm on vacation this week, so this is the first time I'm actually doing one. Uh, so it feels nice to get back into the swing of it. Well, Kev, obviously, thank you. And where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me. The best place to find me is on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. But if you want to find stuff that's associated with my show directly, uh, it would be awesomepodcast.com. We also have uh, thatentertains.com, which is mainly just a, a, a housing uh, for uh, everything is awesome. And for some other podcasts that we have on a uh, spoiler alert, I have, I'm part of the core tech arts podcast network with everything is awesome, but I also have my own podcast network that Whoa. entertains uh, podcast network that we have a couple shows on. Shout out. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. Shout out TTA <laughs> and uh, big things coming from them. I just saw that email from Carly and I was like, Hi, yeah, she's yeah. awesome. And shout out to her for letting me just disappear yeah. and not and being super nice to me about that. And I, I, I did the same thing, you know, from like November to to like two weeks ago. I sent her an email. I was like, "Here's like 15 shows that I I've just got posted." She's, she's and, everyone uh, on that. Yeah, so uh, there's like a Facebook group just for the Cortez Bart fans, and it's really nice. And everyone's really cool and a lot of TV talk. So join that, um, dude. Thank you so much. And uh, to quote Mark Marin. We good? Oh, <gasps> I don't listen to Mark oh, Maron. All right, never mind. Uh, get on that one day. But awesome, man. <laughs> Have a week. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows that pop this live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com.